Welcome to CLCC Online. We pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with him. We believe that we were meant to do life in community. If you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into the family. Find everything you need at clcc.ca. Enjoy. Well, hello, church. Hello, online family. It's so great to see you. My name is Brianna. I'm one of the pastors here at CLCC. And just last week, we launched this year's churchwide initiative, which we're calling What Are They Really Saying? And this series is loosely based on Alicia Childer's book, Live Your Truth and Other Lies. And the heart behind Churchwide Initiative is to start the year off as a congregation in the same way, going through the same content all together. So over the next several weeks, across all demographics within the church, we're going to be looking at different lies that we hear from the world compared to what the word tells us, what we can learn about ourselves from scripture and the truth about what God says about us. Last week, Pastor Jim talked about put yourself first. And what scripture actually says is that we are to put others first. Even when we practice self-care and take care of ourselves, it should be with the intention of being able to continue to care for others and how Jesus modeled this in the way he lived and cared for others. Now, before we jump in today, let me ask you something. Have you ever gone through different phases in your life? You know, you might have said, it's not a phase, mom, but it really was. Maybe in your growing up, you had different likes or hobbies that you made into your entire personality. Maybe it was music or sports or the friends that you had. For me, when I was a preteen, I made reading my entire personality. I was convinced that if I was going to be defined by something at that time in my life, it was going to be that I read a lot. Now, obviously, it wasn't a bad thing that I liked to read. I mean, I still like to read, but it got to the point where I would carry around novels with me all the time just because I wanted to be seen as someone that read a lot. Sometimes it wasn't even actually about the book I was reading. I just wanted to pe- I just wanted people to know that I liked to read. And I would read books that I didn't even like just because they were trendy or cool. And it sounds goofy, but I really thought I was being true to who I was. I was convinced that that was what defined me. Now, again, I still love to read, but it's not quite as much of a personality trait anymore. It isn't something that I define myself by now. But at the time, I thought that was all I was summed up to be. I thought that was who I was. And so the phrase that we're challenged with today is be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. We hear it all the time, but what does that even mean? What does being true to yourself mean to you? Maybe you don't define it by your likes and your hobbies anymore, but... Maybe for you, it's, it's happiness, or it means an easy life, or maybe it means a lack of pain and hardship, or maybe it's success. How do you measure this self-improvement mantra of being true to yourself? When I think of this saying, this phrase, this thought, I think of how it's usually all about building your own self-esteem. It's about your self-respect and your own overall well-being. It can often mean living in such a way that doesn't contradict what your personal beliefs and values are. It's all about your own personal happiness and peace. I think of all the self-help podcasts and TED Talks and inspirational quotes and TikToks that are based around this very thing. Be true to yourself. Be who you really are. 
be who you want to be. Strive to be your best self. And this is all wrapped up in a search for our identity. And identity can be a really difficult thing to find, which is why this thought plagues our culture. We become obsessed with trying to figure out who we are, what we're made for, why we're on this earth, what type of person we want to be, what type of parent or friend or spouse. Because we really don't know who we are. We don't know where our, our identity lies. And so we try to search for it within ourselves. Or we search for it on social media and the people that we follow. I know I get wrapped up in that sometimes where I'll follow someone whose life seems really cool and interesting and, you know, they have a beautiful house and nice clothes and it can make us feel lost and insecure when we start to compare how our life doesn't look like that. We won't really know what it means to be true to ourselves if we don't know who we are as individuals. And even still, being true to ourselves only goes so far. There isn't really an objective measure of what being true to ourselves is. We don't know when we've got there or when we haven't. Because being true to yourself is going to be different from when you're 18 to 23 to 35 to 50 and so on, our values change over time. They've changed, I'm sure, as you've grown older throughout your life. And sometimes we put being true to ourselves over being true to who God created us to be. And so we have this tension where we're trying to figure out what it means to be true to ourselves and where our identity truly lies. And as we unpack this, I think we need to start by actually taking a look at ourselves and asking, who am I? Who am I becoming? For some of us, this is an easy question to answer. You know exactly who you are, and you feel really confident in that. But for others, this is a little more difficult. The mirror feels a little foggy sometimes when you look in it. But I think even more importantly, we should be asking, do you know who God has created you to be? Do you know what he has designed for you? Do you know what your purpose within the kingdom is? Do you truly know where your identity lies? In Psalm 139, we see this beautiful description of how deeply God knows us. He knows when we sit and when we rise. He knows us completely. In verse 13, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And for those of us that have been around church for a long time, this might be one of those things that feels a little like, yeah, okay, I know he created me. I get it. But friends, He created you. I'm someone that has grown up in the church for my entire life, and so this is something that I've also just kind of always known. But I feel like as I was preparing for this message, this truth really hit me again, and I hope it does for you too. The God of the universe that created the entire world created you for this time, right now. He created you for a purpose. He created you because he has a plan for your life. He created you because he loves you and wants to use you to further his kingdom. And so who has he created you to be? What gifts has he given you? How is he using you to reach your friends, your neighbors, your family, your coworkers? What are you good at? What has he called you to? Sure, we could be satisfied with just being true to ourselves and what we want, but what a waste that would be, knowing that the God of the universe has a plan and a purpose for you. 
Rather than being true to ourselves, we can commit to being true to who God has created us to be. And when we live true to who God has created us to be, there's objective value to our lives. We can know if we're living true to God, if our life is centered on him. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the most high God. Let that impact your heart again today. But unfortunately, we live in a broken world, a type of world that is going to tell you that being true to yourself is enough. God created us to be in his image. He created us to be true to him and what he has for us. But we failed to live up to that when sin came into the world. And so he sent his son to restore us. And Jesus came to make you a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Because we are new creations in Christ, we are to die to our old selves. Our old way of life is gone, and now we get to live a new life in Christ. The author of 2 Corinthians, Paul, is describing his own transformation in Christ. When we look back in the book of Acts at who Paul used to be, back when he was Saul, we see that he was someone that might have said he was being true to himself. He was doing what he thought was right and what he thought was best for him. Saul, before he was Paul, in Acts 8-9, was a Pharisee who set out to kill followers of Jesus. He thought he was doing what was right, which was clearly not true. And then Jesus calls out to Saul on the road to Damascus, and Saul actually listens. And following this, he goes to Damascus and preaches that Jesus is the Son of God. He has this radical transformation, and suddenly, his life isn't about doing what's best for him anymore. It's about doing what's best for the kingdom. He dies to his old self and becomes a new creation in Christ. He becomes Paul, an apostle of Jesus, and goes on to be one of the greatest missionaries and write a third of the New Testament. Paul suffered and went through pain and agony and imprisonment, for the sake of the gospel, because his transformation brought him into an entirely new sphere of existence. It wasn't about living for himself anymore. It wasn't about doing what was best for him. When Paul became a new creation, his life became about being true to who he was in Christ. And this change is so dramatic that it can only be described as definitely as a new creation. And when we find our identity in Christ, This is what happens to us, too. The transformation of Christ in our lives should be so drastic, so dramatic, that it should give us a new identity. It should change the way that we think and act. And this term, new creation, doesn't refer to becoming some kind of super spiritual person that is perfect now and never sins or does anything wrong. No, becoming a new creation refers to being more like Christ. It means leaving our old ways behind and living for him and him only. It speaks of acceptance in him, assurance for the future in him, an inheritance of glory in him as the son of the father. If we settle with just being true to ourselves, we miss out on participating in the divine nature of a life with Jesus. We miss out on the fullness of life that he has for us. We miss out on the full transformation that he offers us. If we settle for just being true to ourselves, We will live a life that is constantly striving, constantly searching for validation that will never come, and looking for fulfillment that will never be satisfied. 
And if we have to be true to ourselves, then that's all on us. It's our job to know what to do next and how to live. But God pursued Saul, not the other way around. God is seeking you out. He wants for you to know him. He wants to bring transformation into your life. When we die to our old selves and embrace who we are in Christ, we can be made new. We can see through the life of Paul that while we might have a self-improvement mindset for ourselves, God has a transformation mindset for us. When we live our lives as new creations, the standards and pretenses of this world fade into insignificance because what matters is how we live true to God. The world is going to tell us that we just have to be true to ourselves. We just have to trust ourselves and our own instincts and do what we need to do to succeed for ourselves. But what Jesus says is trust me. I've got you. I've made you into who you are for a purpose. I have a plan for you. You don't have to worry. It's not just about being true to yourself to improve for your own personal game, gain. It's being true to who you are in Christ so that you can live your life to the full and be a vessel for the kingdom to come. And so how do we live in such a way that we can be true to Christ rather than true to ourselves? What are some indicators in your life that when you're doing these things, you know you're being true to Christ? And this isn't exhaustive, but I think there's a few things we can look out for to know if we're living true to Christ. I think the first thing you can ask yourself is, am I submitting to God's will? How often do you check in with God to see if you're on the path he wants for you? How often are you praying, not my will, but yours be done? Or when he asks something of you or tells you to go somewhere, are you obedient? Do you listen? When we submit to God's will, we will inevitably live a life that is true to him. When we are committed to doing what his will is rather than our own, it's pretty difficult to just be true to ourselves but we have to invite it in. If we aren't committed to actively seeking out his will for our lives each and every single day, it can be so easy to get lost. It can be so easy to just start to live for ourselves. Even if you know you're doing what God wants you to do and you feel like you're being obedient, I'd encourage you, continuously check in with him. Continuously pray that it would be his will that would be done in your life. Going back to Psalm 139, in verse 16, it says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He has always had a plan for you, and so are you willing to step in to what he has for you? The second thing to ask yourself would be, is what Jesus is doing in my life visible to others? As followers of Jesus, we are called to spread the gospel. We are called to tell others about who he is and what he's done for us because he can do the same for them. And so when Jesus is working in your life, is it something that other people see in you or do you hide it away and keep it in your private life? Is it something you're excited to share with people around you that don't know him yet? I like to look at this through the lens of someone that has just accepted Jesus for the first time. For those of us that have been Christians for a long time, this can be hard to remember sometimes. But if you've ever known someone that has recently become a Christian, or maybe that's you, you know that they are on fire for God. You know that they can't help but tell others about what he's doing in their life. People notice that there's something different about them. People notice that there's been a change in their life. And transformation is something that is always happening in our lives. The Lord is always working in and on us. 
And so when he's transforming different parts of your life, can others see it? Do they notice it? Because this is a good indicator that we're living true to God if other people can see what he's doing in your life. If other people notice that there's something different about you. If maybe you feel like you've been hiding this away in your life, uh, I'd encourage you to ask him for boldness to share about him this week. Ask him to give you that strength and the courage to do that. Our lives and the way that we live should be testament in and of itself of what life with Jesus is like. When we're aware of what these indicators are in our lives, and maybe for you it's different, but when we're aware of what this looks like, we can have confidence in knowing that we are living as new creations. We are living true to him rather than true to ourselves. And so as we close today, I'd love for you to reflect on a few questions. The first is this, who has he created me to be? Who am I? What gifts has he given me? What has he been calling me to do? Again, for some of you, this may feel really easy to answer. And if it is, that's great. I would encourage you to remind yourself of these things anyway. Remind yourself of where your identity lies. For other, others of you, this may be a little more difficult because you might not really know who he's created you to be. Spend time with him and listen for the truths that he will speak over you. The second question is this. What can I do in my life to be true to him rather than true to myself? What are some action steps you can take? What are some practical changes or adjustments or mindsets mindset shifts you can make to grow in your relationship with him. As you go into the rest of your day, your week, your month, I hope you continue to consider who you are in Christ. That maybe when your identity seems lost or hard to find, you remember that you can find it in him rather than in the world. I hope you continue to seek after his will for your life instead of your own. And I hope you remember that he created you and put you on this earth for this time, for a purpose. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much that you created each one of us, that you know every hair on our head, you know every thought in our mind, Lord. We thank you that you cared so much and love us so much that you put us on this earth for a purpose. Lord, I just pray as we head into the rest of our day or week or month or whatever it is that we would rely on that that we would find our identity in you, that we wouldn't find it in anything else or anywhere else, but that our identity would lie in you. Thank you that you are with us in everything that we do. Would you just give us the courage to share about what you're doing in our lives? And we're just so grateful that you love us so much. So we love you, we praise you, and in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you're looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Alder Grove campus meets at Parkside Elementary School Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Our Abbotsford campus has two services each Sunday, 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. If you would like to financially support us, you can always give at clcc.ca give. See you next time.